<laughs> Which one did you look at and go like, man, there's a lot of me there? Hmm. That's a good question. Satan? All right. Welcome to Your Church Friends Podcast. I'm Chris. I'm Yurli. And this is the last episode of the season. The grand finale. The grand finale. I like the way you put that. Yeah. Sounds better than last episode of the season. <laughs> the grand finale. Yeah, grand finale. And even if we're looking at villains, right? And just, I grew up playing different video games and you have the boss battles and you have all this stuff. And just looking at our last episode being Satan. And like, I don't know if you ever played a video game to where you're like, oh man, it's the final boss. And then you, you come up, you're like, cool, I'm about to win. And then something happening, like transforms or something. You're like, oh man, it's even harder now. Or like, that wasn't really the big villain. It's just like, what do you mean? The game's not over. Where's the mm-hmm. credits? And you keep going and you're like, oh my gosh, I wasn't ready for this. Like, what a plot twist. <laughs> <laughs> that's a really good way to put this. So that's episode. the day. <laughs> yeah, that's the day. So we did look at Satan and we looked at a, a list of people throughout the Bible of villains. And some of them, you know, maybe you didn't think were really villains, or at least you grew up not thinking they're a villain. And we kind of shed some light on their villainery. Villainery? Is that a word? Villainy? Villainy? I villainy? think that Villainy is. is a word, but not villainy. <laughs> <laughs> we're just talking about conversate not being yeah, a word. So yeah. we'll, we'll just, we'll, we got our own language going on. Your church friends, making up words as we go. But we, yeah, we went through a list of them. And Satan was the last one, the big boss that everyone thought is the bad guy out there. And, and I did like how we did that. I'm glad we did a part two, or not a part two, but did a retake of it right. because the first one was ne- not nearly as good. But now we're heading into the, the plot twist. The lost tapes. Of our- <laughs> <laughs> There's a few of those. They're not ever going to come out. They'll be buried. But yeah, we're at the, the, the plot twist of the actual last villain. I forget. Because we recorded a couple of times. Did you let it slip on? Not the second one that's going to be airing. So, mm. no. Then who's the villain, Chris? The villain is you. <sighs> I knew it was me. It's always been you. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> like, you've been talking to people who know me, huh? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Delilah says a lot. And Casey. No, the real villain. <laughs> <laughs> Bringing my family into the. <laughs> <laughs> the villain of it all. It... We say the term you, but we're talking about ourselves. Right. That we are our biggest villains at times. Like the Bible, when it points out, like if it's putting the name of like you for whoever the reader is. Mm -hmm. And it's good to look at because I think when we do look at some of these villains, we're like, how how dare Judas spend that much time with God and have that relationship with him and then betray him? Like we kind of almost high horse. We get on a high horse about it. Yeah. Also, though, as we've gone through it, and definitely with some of the different villains, we've uh, seen a lot more of ourselves in them. I can I know that throughout the episodes, it's kind of been like, ah, I kind of get where that's at, or I can see that, or, you know, you can hear more of an understanding in our voice, kind of like when Hollywood is good and makes you all of a sudden, why am I rooting for the bad guy? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, what's going on here? Because they humanize them, right? There's a thing now that, that uh, they had it in the Hawkeye show that... It was a cup where it said Thanos was right. It was a coffee cup. Mm-hmm. So even in the, in the cinematic universe of Marvel, they're putting in that Thanos was right. Speaking of villains, you could relate to. But there's actually people now putting things after the Eternals movie, which I haven't seen yet, yeah. that they're saying... <laughs> like nobody no, really yeah, cares. No one's seen that. It was like, Spider-Man's next or Shang-Chi, <laughs> and that was amazing. But because of something in there that Thanos was actually right. So then it was like this villain who was doing villainous things was right. 
but almost it's just that they're making you relate to that character more. Yeah, relating you, to. And I think we talked about that in the first episode. But to throw this out there to you, we got the list of villains. Which one did you look at and go like, man, there's a lot of me there? Hmm. That's a good question. Satan? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> well, just when, when we're talking about the whole time, right? It's like he's the villain behind the villains and he's the tempter and all this stuff. So it's just like if I look at my own villainy, it's just like, yeah, I can see his wily stuff at work. I mean, crappily enough, I would probably say Judas. Hmm. Just growing up in the church and just seeing how hard like I went against God at a point. And just, again, growing up with everything that my parents and the church and, you know, just all of my upbringing afforded me and how close I was. And then to just really flip on that I, when I look at him. And it sucks because it's just like out of all of them, <laughs> like he's the one that betrayed the Messiah. Like yeah. that's a pretty like, OK, you got Nebuchadnezzar out there doing his thing. Like all of them were bad, but I don't want to relate so much. There's definitely others that, that I've, you know, there's portions of, but especially just because of the betrayal of mm -hmm. Christ. I feel like I did that really hard in my life. And and I think that's a really good point that, you know, a lot of times we don't think that we are that Judas, right? That I betrayed Jesus, but I feel like there's times in our lives that we do very, like you were saying, very with our actions and lifestyle, the way we're responding to things is almost a betrayal to to Jesus because it's not reflecting him. I don't know how much 30 pieces of silver is in today's age. I mean, probably in this economy and inflation and all the rest of it. It's like, yeah, that would probably be a chunk of, a chunk of change. But, yeah, man, I sold out for far less than that. Right. Yeah. And those are really good points. Uh, for myself, Nebuchadnezzar. And that good old Nebby. Good old Nebby. <laughs> I forgot we called him Nebby. <laughs> Neb. Nebs. Me and Nebs, we, uh, we related more with the pride. Mm. And... There are times in my life, even as I know that's been an issue and that I struggle with it, that I still sit back and like, look at what I did. I'm so great. I Side note, thanks to all of our listeners. Yes, th thank you for all of our <laughs> listeners. Uh, actually, uh, side note, thanks to all the listeners, because we've got some people listening everywhere in America, it seems like lately. I've seen uh, listeners in New York now, New Jersey, uh, Maine, they're, uh, Michigan, so just in places that hadn't, hadn't been there before, Tennessee. Florida, Georgia, Utah popped up on there. So whoever's listening in Utah, cool. Hey, the person listening in Russia, seriously, send us a message because we want to talk to you or just at least say hi because that's super cool you're listening in Russia. Same thing in Canada. There's someone listening in Canada or a few people and just thank you guys. Everyone in the States is just like, what are we then? Well, what not Russian. Yeah, that's yeah, what you're, yeah, you're not Russian. <laughs> that's super cool. You're just regular Americans. Uh, but thank you guys for listening to this podcast and this season. This has been a really fun season for, for me personally. I've really learned a lot diving into this. So mm -hmm. thank you guys. Now back to my ego. <laughs> now, <laughs> Wait, I didn't say thank you fully. Honestly, thank you. Like it's, as we we're saying, like your church friends, it's cool that we have this friends family going on thing. No, that's not a good catchphrase. I like, did I come up with something? I didn't. No. But uh, it, it's cool that we can all come together. It's Came good. up with a phone plan. Your friends and family. <laughs> I remember that from T-Mobile <laughs> yeah. back in the early 2000s. Pick your top five. Yeah. Anyways, back to uh, my ego issue. You won't let it go. Because <laughs> oh, it's there. So I want to talk about how I'm a Nebuchadnezzar. The, the one thing that I get is like when we do stuff like this where it's the podcast or preaching, 
um, more preaching because there's like a live audience and the, getting that response, that feedback. I could walk off a stage and be like, I knocked that out of the park. Like I did that. That was really good. And I did that a lot. I did that a lot in my younger years of teaching. And now within the last two to three years, I've adopted a thing that before I do anything else, so I'll guzzle a whole thing of water because my throat's all dry and scratchy because I don't do it much here on the podcast, but I, I feel like I yell a lot when I preach or I just have a weird tone. I don't know. It works my throat and it's tired. So I guzzle a whole thing of water. But while I'm doing that, I pray. And it's an instant prayer of thank you, God, for allowing me to do this. For you, this is everything is for you. It's all for your glory. It's everything about your kingdom and nothing about me. But it's, it's a reminder because if not, I'm Nebuchadnezzar standing on top of my palace and like, look at everything I built. And I feel like I've already experienced a time of roaming around like a wild animal. <laughs> and I don't want to do that again. Yeah, I was just looking at the show notes. And the main theme for that episode was the humbling of a colossal king. Which is just crazy because when I look at like me selling out, so you know, for for so much less, or what you're looking at, it's just like Nebuchadnezzar was kind of like the ruler of all of Babylon. Like that was a lot going on, and we're looking at just like the little kingdoms that we can build up, and mm -hmm. you know, just like whatever, and just showing that as we get into us being the villain, it's like it doesn't take things to be on the scale or the severity or to like you know what some of these people are doing, it's like in our own scale where things are at when we oppose God. And when we let pride or greed or opposition or denial or rebellion or anything's come in, it's just like, yeah, turning away from him is turning away from him. Opposing him is opposing him. Mm -hmm. I think there's so much into that, too. One of the things, just looking at this villain season and just kind of reflecting on some of the stuff, like I went through today when I was thinking about, okay, we're going to record this episode and it's going to be about me. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> it's all about you. It's all about Chris. There's that today. pride again. There's that pride. Uh, but like looking at, each villain that we went through and like where do I fall in the same categories where they do where, what faults do I have that are in the same thing where I could make the same mistakes over and over again and for some of them it was like yeah I'm not there you know like obviously I'm not a Goliath one I'm not really that tall and two like I don't feel like I'm standing at the church mocking anybody but when I really started thinking about it like I could kind of mock God in a sense with how I'm living. Like if I'm not living the right way, then I'm mocking what his name is and who he is. And there's this book by, her name is Carmen Imes. And it's a, I think it's called Why Sinai Still Matters. And it comes into the commandment, don't take the Lord's name in vain. And really, it's not so much about cussing. It's more about mm -hmm. like taking on his name and living that way. And it is the thing which is like, oh, yeah, as a Christian, I'm taking on his name, but we can mock him and, you know, try and, again, take it in vain by not living it out properly. Like we're trying to represent and put his name out there. But when the world looks at us or when God looks at us or when we're actually honest and look at ourselves, it's like, ooh, are you mocking God mm -hmm. <laughs> Yeah. I have that down. There are some like little side notes that I'll have eventually thrown out throughout the episode. But like, when we say you, just like, yes, whoever's listening, take this personally. Like, we are talking to you because we want you to think about this way. But one way that I have that we can be villains in our own lives, like how I can wreck my own life, is that by rejecting God in the sense of not giving God the glory that's due his name. And, and what you were saying, like, the, the commandment of taking the Lord's name in vain isn't so much using it as a swear word, but it's... Which I don't recommend that either. Yeah, don't do that. But it's also the putting on, we are putting on God's name 
on our lives and we can mock it or even take it in vain by not living up to that name. And, and, and there's so many simple ways of doing that by just rejecting God. One thing I had, uh, we blame him for all the difficulties in our life, but none, we don't give him any praise for all the good in our life. And, and that's in the same way that I look at like kind of taking the Lord's name in vain is that anything bad that happens, it's all God's fault. Anything good, it's all me. Just hearing all of that about blaming God, you know, and, and coming in on that reminds me of a song by this rapper named Bizzle. The song is called 911. And I don't know if, if you listen to rap, you'll, you might enjoy it. I know sometimes people can't pick up on the lyrics and stuff, but I'm just going to read the intro to the song. And it's, it's pretty raw. And I kind of like that kind of stuff, you know, when, when people keep it real. But it starts off, hey, it's an emergency out here in case you haven't noticed. It's like I wake up praying and today's great, but then I turn on the news and I see a lady's raped, a baby's in the trash like it was their mistake, and now it's time for the latest break. It's the Haiti quake, and I'm watching them blame God, and I know his pain is great because when it's all bad, it's like it's him they hate, but when it's all good, he never gets the thanks. We can go a whole year and forget to pray. See, we forget about the Lord when the plane's flying, but how fast we remember when the plane's diving till it crash in the Hudson River and they survive it, then it's not thank God, but praise the pilot. Yeah, so anything bad, it's all blame him, but anything good, it's like, yeah, look at what we did, look what mm -hmm. he did, and just, I don't know if on one of those lyrics we need to put an expletive on it, maybe bleep <laughs> it out, I don't know, family fr fr family friendly show. That's been a struggle for you today. <laughs> Talking? <laughs> yes. No, family friendly. Uh, yeah. I, <laughs> the I really like those lyrics. I think that does hit the nail on what I was saying, is that like, yeah, we, we, we could do that. And, and really getting into this concept is like, we're, we're just, we're, for lack of a better word, we're a train wreck. And we just, we chase after things we're not supposed to. We, we don't give God the glory when he, does, when he wants it. It all boils down to that one thing that happened to us, and that's the sinful nature inside of us. Mm -hmm. And it's constantly like waging war. And, and like we talked about with the Satan episode, it's not always the demon slaying waging war. And it's not always even attacking Satan or any of that. It's the war that's waged inside of us that's already there of sin trying to come out as much as possible in everything. Who would think when you get done preaching the gospel to people that you would walk off that stage and go like, I'm fantastic. But when you give Satan that much, and we, like we talked about, he knows what fish hook and what bait to hit us with. He's got me. Well, I mean, you have, when we were talking about on the Satan episode, Jesus goes out and he's fasting and he's led by the spirit and all this stuff. And all of a sudden the temptation comes. So yeah, like, oh yeah, I just got done preaching the gospel. It's like, and then the temptation comes. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So yeah, what an enemy. The, I got this quote by Spurgeon. It says, as salt flavors every drop in the Atlantic, so does sin affect every atom of our nature. It is so sadly there, so abundantly there, that if you cannot detect it, you are deceived. Yes, and that's the part that I wanted to get to because it sounds really harsh to be like, well, we're a villain. Mm -hmm. I'm a villain. You're a villain. It's like, how dare you? <laughs> like, I'm, I'm not the villain. People in jail are the villain or the people who haven't given, been, been caught yet are the villain, mm -hmm. like whatever. But really, a, the biblical narrative does say something different. And it's that sinful nature that you're talking about. Maybe now we can flesh it out later, but pull that distinction that Man, if you haven't come to a faith in God and looking at faith as an allegiance to where you're putting your life and, and your direction, and if your allegiance isn't towards God, it's towards Satan. It's to the darkness. 
And no amount of morality and doing good or anything take, can take away from that. Because ultimately, all you have is your sinful nature. And mm -hmm. if we're all honest, I mean, I always point people towards Romans 7. We all know that thing that goes on where the good that you want to do, you end up not being able to do that thing. And it's like a law in your mind that the more that you try towards it, the more that you fail. And you actually end up doing the thing that you wish that you wouldn't do. It's like, that's the sinful nature. So we, at one point, yeah, complete enemy towards God. But even when coming into faith and receiving the spirit, then the battle is on, right? Because then it's like Jesus says, die to yourself daily, mm -hmm. kill the flesh. Like that thing's there. And if you succumb to it and if you give in temptation and you do all those things, like, yeah, that enemy wants to, wants to rise up. Yeah, it's three actions. Deny yourself, die to yourself, pick up your cross and follow me. And they're all actions. You know, it's not like, you said a prayer and now you come to church and the whole thing is done and you're washed clean and you don't worry about it. You will never make that mistake again. That would be lovely. Wouldn't it? But that's not the case. And it's hard to really say like why that, because <laughs> that is the best thing, right? Like I could just say a prayer and it's all gone. Like everything's removed. But that eternal struggle and what I look at it to me is just that idea of what we talked about even with the Watsons, obedience. Mm-hmm. If it was just mechanical and I now did everything God told me to, it's, it's more religion versus relationship. And God does want that relationship. And I want to bring hope into what we're conversating about right now. Because <laughs> uh, it can sound, well, if, I'm, if the sinful thing is there before and then after I come to God, the sinful thing is there too. But it's like, no, there is a purification process mm -hmm. going on that even though that nature is there, it is getting pushed back or emptied out or killed off and like becoming more and more like Christ. Like, honestly, I look at my life 13 years ago compared to today. I'm not dealing with those same sins. or I'm not like, if you're looking at, I had a huge sin tree and I've been chopping off the branches and getting them into the wood chipper. And like, now I'm getting more down into the roots and dealing with like, mm -hmm. you know, really getting things out of there to where a lot of the behaviors are gone. A lot of ways I thought about things and talked about things and related to people like, we do change, but from everybody that I've ever talked to or read or heard that wasn't just trying to boast themselves up of being perfect, it's a, it is a struggle that just it's a deeply rooted nature mm -hmm. that we fight against that makes us the villain and can make us the villain. And that's where when going back to the list of people, I think that so many times, uh, like with Cain and Abel, right? And you had that moment towards like, uh, that's when he that's like that's when the the switch got flipped right mm -hmm. that's when he gave in and with temptation it's like that it starts in our mind like you're thinking about it, you're thinking about it but then when you give in i think we've also talked about some of these villains gave in in a way that there wasn't repentance mm -hmm. which is a scary thing touching on what you're saying i read this today it said uh most of us grew up with this refrain being pounded into our heads sometimes with words sometimes with attitudes i am a worm a degenerate a sinner and one day if I work hard enough, read my Bible enough, am serious enough, and sin little enough, I might, be, I might become something beautiful. I might become a saint. It's the carrot we chase, always held out just out of reach. Many of our pastors and mentors seem to have achieved it, or at least they talk about like they have. One day we'll get there. One day we'll finally be who God wants us to be. And then the, the article followed that up with what a wicked hoax that that is, that idea of like, being the perfect saint by what I do. 
And it's not so much that achievement of everything that I get to do this and I have to do this and this is going to get me there. It's the identity of what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. The moment we come into a relationship with Christ, I am forgiven. I am a saint. I have achieved because of what he did through me. And now my lifestyle is living in obedience to that. And I love that illustration of the tree chopping it down, chopping it down. And now we're getting into the roots because sin is so deep and entangled in us that we do have to do work to get that thing out. But it's not works in the sense of that I'm working to achieve. It's working because I love God so much that I want to rid this. I want, to, I want the most excellent relationship I can have with him. And allowing him to do it too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and if I want, like if it, my wife, with me and Justine, if I want the most excellent relationship I could have with her, I've got to do things that help that relationship develop and get fuller. So it's the same thing with God, and we have to have that relationship. When we bought our house over 10 years ago now, it had birds of paradise plants everywhere, just in the front, in the back. And Those I, are really popular around here. Yeah, I had an allergic reaction bad. <laughs> Like a I bad just, city for you to live in. Yes. I just couldn't breathe. Like my face and my nose and everything was just congested. It was like this, an allergies that I've never had before. And then someone told us, well, the birds of paradise, they, they could do that, especially when they're blooming. And I was like, they're all gone. So I went to work on eliminating them. But what they told me is you just can't chop it down. I'm glad that you brought it to that point. That's yeah. A good point to be made. You just can't chop it down. You actually have to go in there and dig, and you have to. And this, the birds of paradise root isn't like most plants where it just goes down, it spreads wild. It's like this alien looking brain. So, yeah, I dug and I, I got real deep in there and I pulled it out. At one point, I was like, I'm not going to do this digging. I need something more than a shovel. I got my sawzall and I just started hacking at this thing and at its roots. And sure enough, we, we don't have any more birds of paradise growing back. There was one spot where I didn't get it all the way out. And you know what happened? It started growing back again. And so I had to dig in there and redo it. But that's kind of what this effort of removing sin is like. And that's where when we focus, right? And that's the thing of like, man, I don't want to be the villain. And when you're talking about that preaching and everything that go on there, if we focus on the behavior side of like knock off the behaviors, like that's get, get rid of the stuff that's above the surface. As long as I don't see you getting drunk or whatever, um, but to like really get down into the root because like, you can only go so long with keeping things beneath the surface before things start coming back up, right? And like you said, that we might look at these people that seem more holy than us and like, man, well, they were able to get it in areas of life, definitely, because, man, they did the work of, of getting down there to the roots. But that should be the message of you got to get down there to the roots. You brought up Spurgeon, and I think that it was Spurgeon with another guy. If not, it was if it wasn't Spurgeon, it was another one of those old-timey guys. Old preachers. But I just love the story that there was a guy in his town that was preaching that he had achieved this perfection, right? And that like he was there and all the stuff. They lived in a better time, so as a pastor, Spurgeon would go and go to the pub and they could have a beer and, and do different stuff like that, right? <laughs> and, but while he's there, he sees the guy and he's also there. I don't want to put it on Spurgeon because it might not have been Spurgeon. I think it was. But he sees the guy and he goes and he grabs a pint full of water and he walks over and he dumps it on the guy's head. And the dude just gets so mad. He stands <laughs> up and he goes and like he starts like going off on him and he goes, good to see like that you're still just like the rest of us. 
And it's just like, what a cool thing. Because when I picture Spurgeon, it's like to just see him go and do that, it's like, that's pretty cool. But not that we should try and entice people to sin. But like, yeah, it's, Mm -hmm. you know, it's there. It it is. uh, There's something you said, too, that reminded me of Ananias and Sapphira. And and when I thought about it, it was that uh, we want to look like Christians on the outside. Mm -hmm. So like when we're tackling some of those things that are the surface level things, right? And we could think like, as long as I've got the things that people can see out of my life, out of my life, like let's say language or attitude or just something like that. Uh, but the deep-rooted stuff, we don't remove. Then it's in our private life that isn't very Christian. And I, that's what Ananias and Sapphira did a lot of. To me, when I looked at them, that was them. They wanted Christianity without being Christians. And again, that makes us the villain, is that we're attempting to want a relationship with Christ, or at least saying we do, but without putting real effort into it. And to give some allowance within that, right? Because if somebody hadn't told you, dude, you got to get the roots or, you know, just Mm -hmm. various things. At one point I was out gardening and things were happening. Someone's like, you got to get the root. Otherwise it comes back. Like you have to learn that. And when you're coming and trying to follow God, if you just know like, oh man, this thing's got to go and you don't know to get to the root. And honestly, we're pretty complex. And sometimes I don't know what the root of my way of thinking or behavior is. That's what I was saying. We got to also let God do the work, Mm -hmm. get into the word, get into prayer, listen to counsel of other people and have all that happen. Because like, I can't see where things come from all the time. And that's where um, I really found wisdom. Somebody told me one time, I was like, hey, you know, King David's sin when he, and we brought it up several times that, you know, he should have been out at war. But he was home when he should have been doing what mm-hmm. something else. And he saw Bathsheba and, you know, it fell into that. Is it a lot of time you can have lustful things come from you're just not living out the purposes that you should be. And like, it's weird to think like, oh, the answer to a lust problem is actually figuring out what my purpose and carrying that out. Mm. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. you can just focus so hard on like lust, 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 lust. And then it's actually like you're just chopping off that tree and not getting to the root. Yeah. I want to touch more on that when we come back from the break. All right. Hi everybody, it's Remy here with a public service announcement. Recently I gave a donation to the Help Us Look Good as we give to the needy organization. And let me tell you, that was a huge mistake. Hip and Crit are nothing but a bunch of charlatans. I was told that they would let me know exactly where my money ended up. But after months of not hearing from them, I finally had enough and I called their offices. I was transferred to one person and then another person, and I never got any answers. What makes things worse, I saw HIP on the Instagram account, preachers with sneakers wearing some $2,000 shoes. There was also a tweet from Crit saying, I love helping others almost as much as I love money. Enough is enough. Help me fight back by not giving to their organization and reporting them to the Better Businesses Bureau. Public service announcement complete. Now back to the show. Hey church friends, it's Chris here to let you know we will be back April 11, 2022 with season four, Forgotten Books of the Bible. So put it on your calendar because you're not going to want to miss this season. It's going to be great. Me and Murdoch have a lot of ideas of what we're going to do to look at some books that are in the Bible that you maybe don't even know are there or may have forgotten are there or it's been a long time since you've read them. So April 11th, we'll be back with new episodes. Talk to you guys then. All right, we are back from the break. The one thing I want to touch in what you were talking about was allowing 
God to help us with certain things, right? So like coming into this new relationship with God, when you're not in that relationship with him, you are, there's, there's basically two avenues we're in. We're either a, a child of God or a child of wrath. Mm-hmm. And when we remove ourselves and begin this relationship with him, we're moving and we're working out. And we, there's all that stuff inside of us that we're working out and working out slowly. And, and there are things that we have to remove. But there are things that are just also in there that the Holy Spirit starts working in on mm-hmm. us. And that's where God starts moving in and saying, okay, I've got to take care of this. I'm going to help out with this area and take care of that thing. And it's, it's just allowing the Holy Spirit to do its job. But also... We have to do our end of it. When you look throughout the Bible, the term obedience is just doing what God's commanded you to do. And we've talked about like this spiritual battle and how like we, we have to go out there and like fight the enemy and we're in a spiritual battle and battling our flesh. And I started thinking about the children of Israel when they were going through the leaving Egypt, as we talked about on the Pharaoh episode, they, they left Egypt and they did nothing. Literally nothing other than take from the Egyptians what was the Egyptians because they were just giving it to them and then went out. It was God who did all the work. And then they went into the promised land and going into the promised land, they sent out 12 spies. Of those 12 spies, 10 of them came back and said, this is too much. They're too big. We can't win this. And even before that, God says, when you go in there, I will put fear into their hearts. I will drive out your enemies. And when they got there, they said, oh, no, we can't do this. It's too hard for us. Mm-hmm. And then 40 years wandering. Finally, after the 40 years of wandering and all that stuff, they're going in. They cross over the Jordan. They get to Jericho. And they're going to conquer Jericho. But the command was just march around. Mm-hmm. And that was the obedience. And so they do it in obedience. But they're doing their part to drive out the enemy but God's doing his part to drive out the enemy. You know, it's kind of like this obedience is this key ingredient that I think that is so vital, but yet so difficult to the Christian walk and us removing ourselves from villainy into a a pure relationship with God. I like that you brought up Jericho because Jericho was a fortress. Jericho is like a well-fortified city. Like those walls, like the walls of Jericho, right? And like that, that set up and... Scripture, when Paul is talking about our spiritual life, he says that we have these strongholds in our mind, right? Right in our way of thinking. When I just look at going from being a completely villainous villain that like really doesn't want anything to do with God and is fully opposed to then uh, a villain in recovery, so to speak. And we, we can see these in movies and different stuff to where somebody's trying to become a good guy, but they're still kind of shady. Like, I don't know if we look at uh, Gollum and Schmeagol from The Lord of the Rings (laughs) or whatever. Just like that split personality. Like, oh, no, I'm going to help you and we're going to do the thing. Like, I'm going to smash you like a fish. Like, I Mm -hmm. don't know. But really just having that to where our ways of thinking and need to be restored. And really some of them are. It's like Jericho's in our mind to where, man, I want to get away from this thing. I want it to be gone, but I don't know how for it to be gone. And sometimes there is wisdom in, you know, some mental health resources or in some different things that we can go to and to find out like, ah, because we need tools, right? Sometimes we need tools that, yeah, it's just the logical thing is it makes sense. But just like Jericho, it doesn't make sense. Like, why are we just going to march around? Like, we need to take this place over. But that's God's way of doing it. And when we look at like these strongholds in our mind, those things that still keep us being villainous towards like, well, I'm on God's side now, but like, I can still be shady sometimes. Mm -hmm. Like, how do we take down that stronghold? 
and it is through God's weapon. It's through his way. And what I found in those, um, I was thinking of Romans 8.13, saying that if you live according to the flesh, you'll die. But if by the spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. And when I'm looking at that, it's like by the spirit putting to death the body. There's a lot of things that honestly I can tell you, like I've been stuck in sin cycles pretty bad. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And like I've been trying everything and through willpower and everything I can do. And it would just be me like shooting a bow and arrow at a fortified city. It's just bouncing off the walls and nothing's happening, right? But I'm trying my hardest. Whereas like, oh, I can't do this. Scripture says that the spirit can do it. Mm -hmm. And then coming in submission and going, God, I need to humble myself. I don't know what to do here. I need you to do the thing. I need to make you be God and submit to whatever it is you have for me. And go from there and it's in those moments that hey that root starts getting dug up Mm -hmm. right i I like that i tried my best i've done my best and god's like i didn't even ask for your best i've asked you to just be obedient and submit like you were saying i like that i'm gonna do it but you started working on it on your own way in your own thought process and in your own thinkings i know what villain this reminds me of it's king saul Yes. Right? The partial obedience. There is like, why did you go and give the sacrifice? Mm-hmm. Like, you're supposed to, like, right? And it's just like, you're not doing it the way that I wanted you to be doing it. Mm-hmm. And remember the promise, like, hey, this could have been the kingly line through you forever. But, like, you just kept trying to do your best rather mm-hmm. than doing what it was that I was asking you to do. And that's the beauty of what King Saul was. Not to say, like, it was a good thing. But, like, what he shows us is it wasn't, like, huge, crazy sins. Like, if you look at David's life compared to his... <laughs> David was pretty, like, a worse, if we want to do that scale of sinners, like, mm-hmm. yeah, David was a worse sinner. Jealousy and disobedient issues. Those are small things. They're not the big things that we think are going to topple us sometimes of, like, an affair or embezzlement, or, you know, like, chasing after money or sexual things. It's, it's just sometimes it's those small characteristic traits that are just so ingrained and we don't remove them because we're like, that's just who I am. I can't get that out of me. When we've talked, like we talked about at the beginning, you're either a child of wrath or you're a child of God. And if you're a child of God, you got to take on that identity. And it's no longer okay for you to just be like, that's who I am. Because God's saying, no, that's who you were. I'm, I made you a new thing. You've got to start walking in that new thing and walking in that relationship. It, it reminds me of this. I, I've been reading Jeremiah. It's a good book. It really is. Jeremiah is just awesome. I'm barely in this, like, chapter six. And hopefully I could find it pretty quickly. I can. Uh, Chapter 6, verse 16, it says, This is what the Lord says. Stand at the crossroad and look. Ask for the ancient paths. Ask where the good way is and walk in it, and you will find rest for your soul. But you said, we will not walk on it. Like, that's us. We want this, we want that. But no, the children of Israel, they've forsaken God and served another God. They've rejected me. They don't listen to my words. They're not being obedient. This is the children of Israel. But that part right there stood out so much to me in when we were even like going through this episode and when I was putting my study together for it was ask for the good way and just walk in it. So now we know that we have this new identity. Just walk in it. Stop, stop trying to turn around and be kind of like Lot's wife and looking at, oh, well, there was Sodom back there. A lot of times people think it was just a quick glance, but from what I've heard and read, that people are saying, no, this was like a, almost she was moving back in that direction before she turned into the pillar of salt. But 
it was just that that longing to want to go back for us. And sometimes it is, it's not necessarily going and doing horrible things. It's just not changing those characteristics that God really wants us to change. Two things and going off of that, wanting to go back because you, you brought up the wandering around before going into the promised land. And this is how I always think about it because I think this is how it's taught and actually what we are supposed to get from scripture because of the way that scripture relates to scripture. But when we look at Egypt being slavery, right? And that's where like, hey, under slavery, you're a slave to sin. You are the full enemy of that. Like you're under that bondage. And just like Christ comes to give freedom from that. If we were like, hey, a life under sin completely as being in Egypt. And mm-hmm. then you have being let out, which go back to the Pharaoh episodes where we're just like, hey, there's a lot of battles going on there. But ultimately, God frees the Israelites and Man, when I look at Jesus and how he was working in my life for a long time, and then finally the freedom came, right? And then I'm going, but it's like, it wasn't only to get out of Egypt, it was to get into the promised land. And when we look at all of the good that's in this new identity, mm-hmm. is it going into the new identity, those strongholds and those giants and all of the stuff that we need to like conquer, that in our mind, it can be like, dude, I, ca- I can't, like if Jesus is the level that I need to be at, I want to be like that. But the fear can creep in or just like you said, well, this is just who I am and all the stuff. And we shouldn't shrink back from going into that promised land, which is like a proper spiritual life in the new identity. So really looking at those things coming together, which there's enemies all throughout that, right? You had Pharaoh in Egypt trying to keep mm-hmm. them there. And then you've got all of the giants and all of the everything. Hey, we didn't have giants as well. I guess Goliath, Goliath. was a giant. Yeah, uh, but not like immediately in, the, in that sense. But yeah, just in that new identity, like it is the battle. And when we can look at these things that played out throughout history, being able to see that like it mirrors something spiritually that's going on. And now I don't remember the second thing I was going to go to. <laughs> that's good. Because I have something there with the, the children of Israel. Like we didn't look at them as villains, but I, I guess they are the perfect example of the you episode. Yeah. They were God's people. They knew they were God's people. The the stories, if you read through the history of it all before even getting taken into captivity, is the consistent reminder of Egypt and the exit of slavery and into the freedom of the promised land. And then they're in the promised land and they couldn't do anything other than chase after their own ways, do what they wanted to do, worship idols. They eventually put up kings who led them to do even worse and worship idols, more idols. And it was like this idolatry that kept creeping in and creeping in. But they were God's chosen people. They were his people that he said, this is mine. And everyone will know they're mine. But now look at how they're acting. So then he had to send them into exile. And then they had to do all that stuff, you know, and and then they came back. But I think that it is a good parallel to us. Going into exile, you wonder what it is to have come into a relationship with God and then go into rebellion against Mm -hmm. him and not being obedient, not going to whatever, and then feeling like you're in exile. Where is God? Why is my life like this? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I I need to cry out to him and return Mm -hmm. to him. And then, you know, he rescues those from exile. And exile, man, throughout the narrative of the Bible, exile is very bad, which anybody who's experienced a close relationship with God and then got into a situation where you don't feel that close to him, it's very bad. It's not a spot that we want to be. But I remember the second thing. Oh, I, I'm glad that it gave that because I, I really liked how you brought all that in. I don't want to just have this episode be a continual campaign that, well, we're just villains all the time. I know we've touched on it a couple of times and you really brought it up in the identity. But to really 
that is the reality for the believer. That even though we can look at Israel as God's people and we can look at, you know, some of the church people who brought up Ananias and Sapphira and there's examples of like ways that it shouldn't be done. And you can read through some of the letters like Corinthians comes to mind and some (laughs) very interesting things that were going on in that church, right? But really what happens is this amazing transformation that not just for the apostles and not just for those people that are writing the books and they get highlighted just like, man, look at all the amazing things. It's just like, no, from masses, thousands upon thousands of people coming out of being villains and becoming sons and daughters, Mm -hmm. becoming saints, like you said earlier. And that, yeah, for as much as we struggle within that and within the walk and we're trying to get the roots out and trying to do that stuff is like, I really want to say that I don't want to be telling anybody right now, like, hey, you're just a straight up villain. Now, if you don't have, if you never put your faith in God and you're not heading in that direction, scripture will tell you that you're an mm-hmm. enemy to God. I will tell you that's what scripture says and urge you to come on the other side and say, it's much better to be on his side than not. But for everybody who's come over there when we're struggling through things, it's like, you're not the villain. We have the capability of going into temptation, of playing on the other side and like doing some stuff, but it's like, what the hope of the gospel and what we really need working on to remind ourselves more than reminding ourselves that we used to be a villain is knowing what we are now. Mm-hmm. That's huge because, man, the devil wants to bring up everything that we once were and bring those to mind. Yeah, it's the the walking in the way that is right. Mm-hmm. Like what, what was written in Jeremiah. Like you walk in that way, you know, and the children of Israel decided not to. But I, I think looking at my own life, like you were saying earlier, the you know, there were moments where we can go back and forth mm-hmm. and looking like there was a time where I was walking on a right path and then the enemy slipped in a slight distraction or a thing that I worshiped more than God. And that then took me, we always talk about it, one degree. Yeah, Pastor Ken was just talking yeah. about that on Sunday. Well, I think we talked about it before him on the podcast. He listens. I just <laughs> Hi, got Pastor the room Ken. bug. Uh, but one degree isn't bad. But over 10 years, you're way off course yeah. and you're way off the path. Looking at my own life, like, yeah, there, there's definitely times where I got myself so far off the path that I didn't even recognize where I was at. Mm-hmm. I didn't even recognize who I was. But now I'm back on that path. And, and the beauty of it is to see that and not wallow in it, but to give God glory that I got out of it. Right. And that's kind of walking uh, to me when I look at this, like, we're children of God. I got to keep that as a forefront reminder. That's the identity. Walk in that. But the enemy's going to come in and whisper and be like, hey, look at that a little bit longer. Or man, doesn't it feel good when everyone's talking about how great you are? You know, I'm just more specifically talking about the hooks that get caught in me. That person cut you off. That was on purpose. Get mad at them. It's okay. You're you're righteous in your anger because they cut you off. How dare they cut you off? You know, like, I remember that verse. Yeah. <laughs> All that <laughs> when stuff. When the chariot comes before you. <laughs> <laughs> All that stuff starts creeping in. And, and then it's, it's really the tool he uses to distract us, to make us think. And then it's like, oh, how could you do that? Where Jesus is saying, my child, come here. Let me love you again. The enemy saying, how could you do that? Nah, you don't deserve that. You don't get that. And that pulls us off course. That's why it is that battle is fighting all of that stuff and into walking in that light. Yeah, a few things with that is like for anybody who drives a car, imagine just only looking in your rearview mirror and trying to get somewhere safely. Mm -hmm. Of course, you're going to go off. Like it's a very dangerous thing to do. 
The enemy wants to keep getting you to look back, even if it's just looking back to this morning when something happened, right? It's like, look at that. Versus Christ says, hey, bring that thing to me. Repent, confess, I'll forgive you. I'll take it fully away. As far as east to west, I'll put it in the deepest ocean. We're good. And the devil doesn't want us to like live in that we are good, that we've been made right with God through Christ. And like right now, I'm definitely not perfect. That's for sure. But right now I can say that I'm walking on that right way in a very good way. Like I'm doing the best that I can, but I also know that in the spirit, like I'm walking as righteously as I probably could be for right now while still being human and struggling through all this stuff, right? And it's such a good difference because <laughs> like you, I've got thrown off the path. I'm like, where am I right now? There's not even a path. Everything's overgrown. I don't think men have even been here before. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. There is no heart. Like there's not even a trodden path to get back to the path. But to be able to be where I am now is like, I'm not perfect, but I believe I am where God wants me to be for today. You know what I mean? And that's a good spot to be. And that's where I was getting with the identity and, you know, just being able to come into the obedience and how it is that we can function. Everything you were saying reminded me of the prodigal son. I was thinking of him earlier. Yeah. Yeah. But not him. Not the prodigal son. The older brother. The prodigal son goes out and spends all his dad's wealth and then eventually comes back. And after he realizes in the midst of all of his shame and guilt that he had it better with his father and comes back, the father sees him loves him, hugs him. It's a beautiful story of how we live our life in sin and then come back to God. But during that whole time is the older brother. And so when the older brother hears about the party going on, the older brother gets all upset and he comes in and tells the father, why are you doing this for him? I've been slaving for you for years and you've never even done any of this for me. You didn't throw me a party. You didn't throw me a party. And then the father tells him, you know, lovingly, like, hey, well, everything I have is yours. You know, we're just happy that your brother is back alive mm-hmm. and with us. But the wording that stood out to me the last time I read it was, I've been slaving for you. I've been working for this. I've been doing, 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 doing. And I got myself caught up in a religion instead of a relationship with God. And that kind of what we were talking about, that one little off track where now I'm in a religion instead of a relationship can throw us for a loop and we could get angry at God and say, this is all your fault that I'm in this situation. Or we can allow that festering feeling that like, well, how come this person's getting that? How come this is getting that? What about me? When is it going to be my turn, God? Small things Mm -hmm. that derail us, that take us off course. And then we're like, but I've been slaving for you. And God said, who told you you were slaving for me? You're, You're my son. This is yours. You're my child. You're my daughter. All of it's yours. I just asked you to live here and do your chores and be a part of the family. But you're not a slave here anymore. That's your old lifestyle as a slave. And and it's that that identity change. Mm -hmm. Your old lifestyle, you were a slave. Now you're my child. You're, You're here with me and part of the family. Let's have that relationship. But when we slave, we can get us caught or get ourselves caught in religion. Yeah, when you're talking about just those small things, it just keeps bringing, I don't know, my mind is on like the gardening things now because that that was a good (laughs) illustration. But have you ever gone to uproot? Like it looks like a pretty big weed or a bigger plant or whatever. Like, man, the thing's pretty big. And you go and you grab it right down into the dirt, go down a little bit and you pull it. And it's such a wimpy root system. It's like two inches of roots for this thing that's like three feet tall. Yeah. You're like, what the heck? And I just feel like those little things that can come in that just find root in our heart that are so small. But when they come up above the surface, they can seem so big. 
it doesn't need to be the big mm-hmm. things, but when those little things take root, they can seem really big. The mm-hmm. whole mountain out of molehill and, you know, all, all that type of language. That's a really good point. But yeah, the, the way that God welcomes us back in, which that's where grace comes in, right? The father showing that son grace of coming back in, like grace and God's forgiveness definitely isn't supposed to be like, oh, cool, I can be forgiven. My lifestyle, like I, I've said multiple times, like I'm not perfect. I don't like the fact that I'm not perfect. I've had to humble myself and admit that. <laughs> and like you said, to just like, that's a bad hoax to think that I'm going to achieve. That. I'm going to mm-hmm. keep striving towards it. I'm running this race. I want to win this race, finish it well. But yeah, God's grace when we realize that how much he does love us and welcome us back in. I don't want to be a villain. And it's not like I'm doing the good things because I want to slave away anymore. I just want to like be part of the family and realize like, oh man, why am I screwing up? Like, I don't like this. Mm -hmm. I don't want to treat my dad like that. I don't want to treat my family like this. And I think that that's where some of the really to see like why are maybe some of these small things that we do, right? Because I'm not a murderer. I'm not this or I'm not that. I'm, I'm just dealing with these little white lies or, you know, whatever the things can be. Those things are so villainous because when we look at the goodness of God, when we look at what our lives should have been and could have been outside of sin, when we see Jesus and just the pure love and righteousness and holiness and everything that's there and what we're being transformed into and the hope of glory that we will be, right? And just look at, man, you know what that that bit of anger is putting out into the world, into these relationships? that bad attitude that when someone like tries to tell me something and I snap back at them and how that affects them because we don't know what's going on in anybody's lives and just like those little things can be so damaging to just creating this darkness that's around us. So like, why is everybody this way? Or is why? And just like, it's a lot of little things creating that towards like, well, I'm not a big villain. Like again, going back to video games, not everybody's a big bad boss. Mm -hmm. There's a whole lot of those little minions running around they're still on the wrong side, Mm -hmm. you know? And I just get that to where I'm finding, I don't want to be opposed to God. And I'm finding the things that I'm opposed to God in are even so much of those little things. Yeah. I'm I'm opposing God with this. Yeah. For some odd reason, when you were talking about those little things, I just, for some reason, thought about taxes. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So here's the real twist. The real villain is the IRS. (laughs) That's a different podcast. That's not this one. (laughs) That that was with the Watsons, right? Yeah. (laughs) The Empire. The Empire is evil. Really is. I'm not not making joke of a light of that topic. But for some reason, I thought of taxes because I've always had friends in the church and outside of the church tell me, go to this guy. He'll make sure he gets you everything, even those things you don't know about. And I don't know how he does it or which way he does it, but like, he takes care of you, you know, basically saying like, he'll get you money that you probably weren't going to get, but found some way to finagle numbers or make I'm one things. of those guys. Yeah. <laughs> but they, and everyone says Thank that. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> everyone says that and they tell you that to do that. And there are times when we're like, yeah, of course I'm going to do that because you know what? The government's just taking my money anyways. I just want to get back what was rightfully mine. So forget them. But that's that small little thing. And, and, and some of us could even say like, well, I'm going to take all that money I'm getting anyways and like Ananias and Ferris. I'm going to donate it to the church. Or I'm going to use this money for good. Like Saul, who was like, yeah, we didn't kill all the, the things because we're going to sacrifice these people. And, and Samuel comes up to him. He wants obedience, not sacrifice. And then it's that little thing where it didn't seem that bad. And it really seemed like we were justified in it that was the thing that just is going to now start poisoning the other areas. It's going to start, weeds 
are gnarly. It's one weed can in it, within time can overtake a whole garden in a yard because it spreads so rapidly and it doesn't need a lot of watering. It doesn't need a lot of care. It just needs the right amount and it can spread all over it the place. It needs a minimal amount. Like, yeah. It just grows by itself. And with enough rain, well, I mean, we're in California. We don't know what real rain is. We get like desert weeds. Yes. Uh, and when it does rain, those things pop up like crazy because it's just now it's gotten that right amount. And I feel like that that's really the case. This is kind of going to be my final thing of all of this. I know you've been pushing a little bit on the softer side or the nicer side of it. I'm going to flip it a little bit and go like, you're a good cop. I'm going to be a bad cop. We are the villain. I am the villain and I can be the villain. When I chase after things God doesn't want me to have, and that's called idolatry. When I don't do or don't give him what's credit or do his name, that's rejecting him. And when I choose relationship or religion over relationship, that's works over obedience, that's choosing religion, I can put myself as the villain and I can be the villain. And because I'm chasing after things I don't, I shouldn't, I'm the villain to the people around me and I'm the villain to the people I'm supposed to minister and serve. Now I'll go back to the other side of the coin. But man, thank God that I'm not the hero. Mm. Because I'm not. And that's the story people want to tell us now. That's what people want to say. That's what culture wants to say. You are the hero of your own life. I do need the reminding that I have a villainous nature inside of me that can creep up at every moment. It's why after I get done doing things like this, I pray quickly in my head, keep that monster in the cage. Because we're going to get rid of it eventually, hopefully. But we're um, eliminating. I'm not the hero, though. The world wants to tell you, you're the hero of your own life. You're the savior of your story. What I've loved about our season and this whole season is understanding there are so many villains. Almost everybody in the Bible is a villain. Except for the one hero. The most important person in the room, who's always the most important person, is Jesus. He was the hero. He saved me. Not because I deserved it, not because I was great, not because there was even a grand plan for my life, because he loved me. And that makes him the hero of the story. So that's kind of how I want to wrap up this season for myself. Yeah, it's a good point when you say that he is the only hero. Yeah, that's why he is the Messiah. He's the promised one, right? And he's the one to come. Because even when we see the people that are called righteous, if we were to be able to sit down and have them on the podcast, they'd share stories like ours. And, you know, they'd be like, oh, yeah, I had to go and give the sacrifice at the temple. And, man, that day of atonement, I'm glad that that went over well because I needed my sins atoned for, right? They weren't perfect. Now, they were, again, walking on a good path, so they were called righteous, and you know that they were in that relationship. But they weren't the hero. And definitely, I, I like that point a lot. And kind of to go with that point about being the villain, and there's a lot of villains in the Bible, and just the way of reading it, that we aren't reading ourselves to be the heroes. I forget who told me this, and we've talked about it. You might have been the one to tell me, or maybe we both just heard it from out, outside sources. Well, when we read the scripture, we have the tendency to try to make ourselves the bad guy. But really, a big point of scripture is to see yourself, or sorry, when we read it, we want to make ourselves the good guy. Mm -hmm. But really, when we- I'm David. Yeah, right? <laughs> and as we find out, like, yeah, you probably are. <laughs> yeah, you, <laughs> you adulterer. Would... No, I'm not David. Justine, if you're listening, I'm not David. I'm not David. I'm going to clarify that. <laughs> adulterous, murdering, yeah. greedy. Probably more on the murdering side with our, my words, but not... Oh, just finish your point. <laughs> All right. I'll recover that. Um, 
But, you know, which is in any situation, you have, you know, somebody getting what's due to them and you can see it coming and all this stuff is like, yeah, that's not me. That's wrong. That's whatever. We want to put ourselves in the more righteous spot. And like really for scripture to be a mirror that when we look at all of these villains that we've looked at, I mean, you asked me which one I was most looked at and I, I saw Judas and then I looked right underneath it and it's like, man, Samson, the main theme there was the ideal idiot. It's like, yeah. Yeah. He's probably the runner-up or tied with Judas because when you talk about those little things and all the stuff, and it's just like, remember, we when you read the story, if you don't really know what's going on, he's like picking up the jawbone and he's doing the honey and he's doing the different stuff. It's like stuff that would seem fine culturally or whatever. It was like, that's not what his life was supposed to be about. Really he was winning up. victories, but not the way God had wanted him to. And his life ended was just like, okay, God, if you can do one last thing through me, and it was just a disaster, you know? And so not to end up that way. And when we look at on the villainous side, we don't want to end up on that way. I don't have a good closer on my <laughs> side because I just really enjoyed what you, what, what you were saying there. But yeah, when we're looking at these villains, it's like, let's not be self-righteous yeah. to where we are the, we are the hero. Mm -hmm. uh, humility, right? God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Yeah. And to really look at, again, hey, I'm I'm stuck. This this flesh that I'm at war with every single day, that I'm trying to kill every single day, that I'm trying to live a righteous way, I'm stuck with it. God, I need your help. I need your spirit. I need your grace. I need your power in my life to move, right? And just to stay in that position that, God, I need you. And I definitely, I see in my life, like I can, those villain things start coming up when I, when I think that I don't need God mm -hmm. or however I can word that, when I forget that I need God. Or I put myself in the place of God or when God's not in his right place. So I, I can just keep giving all these different things. But when, when Jesus is the hero, when God's in his rightful place, was it? What were those three points? It was idolatry. We're chasing after the things God doesn't intend for us. Uh, rejecting God. We don't give God what is due his name. And then religion, that we choose that over a relationship with him, which is works over obedience. Yeah, I had to bring it back because that part was good. Let's not be villains. Yeah. The end. <laughs> yeah. I I did purposely save that statement for the very end because I wanted it to hit the real thought of what we were doing for the villain series. Yeah, it was fun to talk about all these guys and where they messed up at. Honestly, it was a lot of fun to study people in a way that I'd never looked into for, on a personal side. Like this was just cool to do some deep studies into some of these people. And the guests that we had oh, come on. Fantastic. Like, yeah. yeah. It was great from the Watsons to uh, Brittany, who's always fun to talk with. I loved she started off the episode with, yeah, you guys got to give me some directions because I'll just keep talking for like 40 minutes nonstop and which was fun. I went and looked into that stuff that she was talking about at the end. And I was just like, yeah, that, that was a trip. Yeah, it was a great episode to Doug, to uh, Chris Brown, which was super cool for us. And then we got to talk to him a couple of weeks later or about a few months later after the recording at a, a convention. To, is that everyone? Elmo. How could we forget mm -hmm. our tickly friend Elmo? <laughs> He's going to love hearing that. Uh, but he, he was great. Um, there, there's one thing I, I do want to mention, too, that when we are the villain side of things, eventually that it does lead towards destruction. It always will. Yes. But that's if we keep heading towards that direction. And the beauty of this villain series to me has been that God's the hero, that Jesus is the hero, because he's the most important one. And he's the only one that can change us completely. And I think that's, for me, how I want to wrap up all of this in a nutshell. Uh, but this has been the Villain Series. It's been great, man. 
It has been. Yeah, I can't say anything more than that. He is the hero. He's the one that is the victor. When we look at this war that's taking place, he started the revolution here on this earth at the cross with the resurrection. And for all of us that were villains that have been won over, it's just such a great thing. And for everybody who has faith in Jesus who's listening, it's like, now's the time to join him in that. Mm -hmm. That reminds me so much of our episode on Saul. Uh, Not King Saul, but Saul to Paul. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The... We didn't touch on it at all, uh, but Elmo brought it in at the end, was Barnabas and Ananias. And afterwards, I was sitting there thinking about it, like this was a few days after we recorded it, and I wish I would have said it, but when Jesus said, love your enemies, that was love your enemy at display. Mm -hmm. And when we're talking about like, we're now part of this body, and we're now with him, let's go out and love the world to bring them into this fold with us. And that, that's the only way it's going to happen. We know who the hero is. And we're like, hey, here's the hero. He did it for you. It's okay your life's a train wreck and you're a mess and you are what you are. Come on in. He loves you anyways. And we love you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's villains out there. And when we're opposed to God, we are the villain. But he's the hero who's going to bring us in. And now it's our job to go out there because he left us here to bring as many people back with us into that family and into the fold and and to move forward. And it's not by anything we do. It's because of his love just bursting and flowing out of us, bringing them in. I think that that stood out to me so much. And I wish I would have had those connections when we were doing that episode. But, oh, well, I got to recap it here. Yeah, that's good. And I'm not going to try and say anything else because I'm, I feel like I'm running around in circles with my, <laughs> with my speech. So I'm, I'm going to tap out there. But do we want to Say anything about next season? Yeah, yeah, I was going to end with that. Uh, So we got next season coming up, Forgotten Books of the Bible. So we're going to... I tell you what some of them are, but I don't remember. Yeah, we're going to (laughs) go... That's such a bad joke. (laughs) Hopefully that was a joke. But we're going to go through some of the forgotten books, not like books that aren't in the Bible or stuff like that, but some of those ones that like you probably can't pronounce or you don't even know that are in there. They might as well not be in the Bible. Yeah, people don't preach from a lot. Where we go after that, I don't know yet as far as seasons. I think we had some talks about that, but that will be that. So thanks, everyone, for listening to this season. Um, Hopefully, you were encouraged. Hopefully, through all of this, you got to see God in a deeper way. You got to know him in a deeper way. And hopefully, you got to see the true hero in all of it, and that's Jesus, and that he shines through it all. And you can see that our goal isn't here to be listened to. It's to let Christ reflect out of our lives to help encourage other people. And along with that goal, I just keep bringing it back. We are your church friends. If you need some friends, you need to reach out. Like, I don't care what kind of whatever you're at, reach out. If you have questions, if you don't like us for some reason, if you're just struggling through something, if you're trying to find a church, if you're like, whatever it is, like this isn't, like you said, it's not just something to listen to. We are, you know, we're your church friends and that's what, that's what it should be about. Yeah. Cool. Let's wrap up. I am Chris. I'm Yurdlich. We are your church friends. Thanks for listening. <laughs>